Are you ready to boss up and start that business? You're listening to Be A Boss Coaching Podcast. My name is Beatriz Rivera, and this show is my empowerment tool and community builder. My mission is to help queer and walk, that's queer and women of color, start their businesses with accountability, clarity, and most of all, confidence. On this podcast, I go over the question, can entrepreneurship help us reach our potential? I talk about my hardships, my wins, and you'll even hear how other queer and women of color have navigated and come to own their entrepreneur identity. I'm a social worker turned entrepreneur coach, and as such, of course, I'm going to give you tips, inspiration, and maybe even some laughs to help you not just start, but transform into that boss. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Be A Boss Coaching Podcast. My name is Beatriz. I'm an entrepreneur coach for women of color, BIPOC, and queer entrepreneurs who want to embrace their entrepreneur identity and walk along their journey with a bit more ease. And I'm really excited to share with you this episode today. It's my very first guest episode. And I, I want to share this conversation with you because we talked about what it looks like to not compromise on your values and to continue to walk along this journey while still keeping true to who you are and yourself. All right, so let's get into it. My guest today is Carol Umansor. She is the creator of Born to be Seen, where they provide education, workshops, and knowledge on building a practice of emotional wellness. Carol likes to identify as a self-celebration practitioner. She is a former teacher, which you'll hear more about in her story, and a new entrepreneur being in this journey and allowing herself to figure out what it looks like for her not to compromise her values. Follow Carol on Instagram over at be to be seen and make sure to check out her website at borntobeseen.co. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, I want to know first off, who are you, Carol? Who are you? I do want to say that so I met Carol in a co-working virtual space that Kita Suleta hosts on on her, I think on her Cafecito con Jefas platform. And it's just been a very awesome experience to meet other entrepreneurs and other women and doing their own journey because it is, at least in my experience, had been isolating up to that point. Mm-hmm. And And it was just perfect that even with this podcast coming out, I was able to find a community of people and other entrepreneurs who were also doing the same thing. So I'm glad we met and I'm so excited to share in your story and who you are and what your business is and your entrepreneurship journey and overall identity. But yes, tell us, tell me more, tell me more, tell us who you are. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Super excited. Definitely love all those spaces that I feel like that's definitely one of them that I've been able to connect with folks and build community. So definitely understand the countering isolation, especially, you know, right now. 
during kind of these COVID times that we've been in. So it's been nice to find a community, but also I'm actually a former classroom teacher. So I'm coming from like a whole different world and into kind of entrepreneurship and business. My my background's been education. I've been in some sort of education capacity for the past 17 years. And so this is the first time that I'm doing something like outside of that. I still take up space or I'm still working in that area too. But but yeah, this was like me trying something different. <laughs> but in terms of who I am, I was going to say, I'm just a random person. I'm just kidding. Everyone's, everyone's just random. <laughs> I feel like that's such a big question, but <laughs> in the training, they they asked the same thing. And I was just like, I'm a woman and I'm Salvadorian. <laughs> You're Salvadorian? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, me too. That's um, great. Where's your family from? My dad is from San Salvador, mm-hmm. and the capital, and my mom she's like from a very small town. I She said it before, and honestly, when I tell other people where my mom is from they're like I've never heard of that but yeah. she says Yukoikin Yukoikin oh okay yeah it's like department it's in yeah I don't know exactly where but I've visited a couple times in right. my life so I, I don't know <laughs> El Salvador but I think mm-hmm. it's super small because when I tell other people about it people often don't really know where it is but I think mm-hmm. it is part of a bigger yeah area okay okay now makes sense yeah my family's also not from the capital my dad's from a little town called Basaquina in oh in the, yes yeah my mom is from which is in Cabañas so like these two different regions yeah then I'm so Dorian <laughs> nice I'm so excited that yours I didn't know I really <laughs> didn't know you were Salvadorian either oh no. wow okay yeah, yes. And I was born in the Bay Area. So I was born in San Francisco and raised in San Francisco. And I've been in the Bay Area pretty much my whole life. I did all my college and graduate school in San Francisco. And now I'm just like over the bridge in the East Bay. But I've been here pretty much my entire life. And I've been a lot of my kind of like adult life and work has been rooted in a lot of kind of social, racial justice, working to create new spaces of liberation and learning the systems of oppression to be able to identify it and build something new. So I did a lot of that through education and a lot of the framework that I have been building around like my business that's focused on building a practice of emotional wellness takes all of that into account and really rooted in this liberatory practice of like self-love and really understanding it from this sort of lens that's free of all these sort of oppressive forces that are always pressed up against us. So that's the piece that I do for my business. And I also, the other work that I do is in, in science education. So I was a science teacher for middle and high school for seven years and then now I'm like in higher ed so I've done teaching for programs so for a credential program for folks who want to be science teachers and then also for a program for folks who are pursuing biomedical science community engaged biomedical science so doing research and support around that so that's all the buckets that I'm a part of <laughs> oh my goodness that's wild because I knew there was something that drew me to you because I love talking about systems of oppression, like racial lens, all of that. I 
had the same sort of like curriculum. So as a social worker, the reason why I talked about that or learned about that really was because in social work education in general, that is not talked about. Like we don't talk about systems of oppression and lens and perspectives and different types of systems that we're embedded in. And, And that's when I started my own coaching business with that lens in mind Mm. it was difficult to figure out what it looked like to be an entrepreneur having that lens and having that perspective and I'm curious for you as someone who's in education and provides this type of like workshops how do you incorporate this lens and like this sort of perspective into your entrepreneurial journey what does it look like for you because I feel like it's been a question for me that I'm trying to answer and I'm slowly like here and there see what that can look like for me but and what that's looked like for me is meeting other people like you who are in this space and who also have that type of lens so what has it looked like for you to incorporate that into your business and in your journey yeah, no, I appreciate your question. I think it's super important because I feel like for me coming into this space from that background, it was like non-negotiable. You know, like I'm not going to my values to answer mm. to be an entrepreneur. Like it needs to be mm. a, not just my values, but with my spirit. Like I'm in a constant sort of like my practice of continuing to be in alignment with who I am and my spirit is super important to me. That was like first and foremost, like I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to do what other people were doing, you know, or what. Yeah. And this is coming from, okay, when I was in undergrad, I did biology and then I added sociology. So I had a double major. And I remember being in my sociology classes mixed in with some business majors. And just some of the stuff that they said would be like, for me, I was like, wow, business is evil. (laughs) I know. How do we have so hard? Like you don't right. even consider the humans that are part. <laughs> like that. Right. And then going into education, like I had that same like lens. Like business is just evil, and mm-hmm. I really had to understand. I feel like pull apart because I think at that time I saw it just as one big kind of conglomerate, and I'm thinking like corporations that are just like these big chunks that come and have no regard for humanity are not really people focused. So I think I had to really understand for myself first that business existed before capitalism. Yes. This yes. is that is so dehumanizing. And it can, there's other things that can exist parallel to it. I know capitalism is like a huge thing and whatever like people some people are all for it some people are like it's evil and like it can it can be both and I feel like there's other ways too that you can do business that don't necessarily have to fall in line with it necessarily my right now a lot of my work I think in my life has been to kind of deconstruct these systems you know and to really understand them pull them apart critique and I feel like now my energy is more towards building something new as these as folks are becoming more aware of what it really is that's where i'm at is like how can i build something that's in alignment with who i am and my values and my spirit to share what i have to share with the world and my so my i'm a capricorn it's all my yeah the piece of who i am what my learning a lot of times like 
when I want to do something new, I try and go like I go knowledge, like intellectual kind of first. Okay, what books to read? What do I need to Google? Videos. And so when I started that with business, because like my whole network is pretty much just folks in education. So they don't, it's like a whole nother world. So I had to like figure out what is it? And a lot of these books were by folks who were just like so far off from who I am. that I was like, no, I'm not doing that. That's not aligned with myself. I need to find other resources. I need to find folks who are doing this in like a way that feels aligned, more aligned. Hello, everyone. I wanted to take a quick pause here to remind you to come on over to BeABossCoaching.com and sign up for my newsletter where you'll receive new updates and announcements on brand new episodes and even opportunities to send in questions, send in any thoughts that you have. Come on over to BeABossCoaching.com or you can send me an email at Beatriz. That is B-E-A-T-R-I-Z <laughs> at BeABossCoaching.com. Now back to the show. And so that's when I just started looking for books, mostly like for, by women of color, communities, like we all grow community, like the community, just, just to be in alignment with folks, just to see what they're doing, just to kind of learn. And that was one of the things that I really, I felt like really helped me in teaching was having community of folks who are in alignment with what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to create and deliver curriculum to young people that was humanizing that they could see themselves in and help them feel like creators of knowledge and science. And so that was my community. That was who I'm in community still with. That was my network. And so that's what I wanted to do and been like in the process of doing with this new world with entrepreneurship and and business because folks are just like so creative, you know, so just listening to podcasts, just listening to just reading books and just learning how folks are doing it. And, you know, it's not always perfect. It's like some things feel good to me and I'm like that works. Some don't. And I'm like, take the best, leave the rest, you know, so exactly yeah. that's kind of how I've been managing through it. Wow. I love everything that you said, just because I feel it feels like very isolating to be in a journey, like especially entrepreneurship and business. And you see the way that it's done regularly, right? Quote unquote done, like with all the different selling and marketing type of techniques and what people say. But when I first decided to start my business, I had talked to a friend who started their own business and she had purchased a business school curriculum that was self paced online and it was very basic you know it was like who's your ICA and how do you start thinking about a product and how do you do research and those are all very of course important things but the very notion of okay I do have this lens where I understand that we are embedded in systems right and like capitalism exists and so I think with having this view around how systems of oppression impact our lives and like how we're embedded in it. Having that knowledge firsthand before starting this business, I think was blocking me because I couldn't figure out what it looked like to start a business that felt genuine or authentic. And I was like, I don't, what does that look like? Because Everything that I'm reading and everything that people are saying, at least just like the most basic information and knowledge about business and how to start one, 
didn't have any of these perspectives. So how can I bring that in and humanize this experience for myself? Because it was really hard to think about, can I, I guess, exist in this capitalistic world? Can I be involved? Can I involve myself in this, in capitalism this way? Is like, how, do, what does that look like? But in my and when what I wanted to do was, I wanted to build a business. I want to make money. I also have these views. How do I align that? And I love that what you said about you were just not going to compromise your mm-hmm. values. And that's something that I think for me, had I had to come to that realization late, like way later. Like I didn't know what that, that, that was even what was going on for me. That was the block for me. There was a lot of things that I feel like I couldn't compromise. And yet, and that's why I didn't know what it looked like for me to move forward or continue to stay in this journey. And so I love that you're like, yeah, I had to find community. I had to stay true to what I believed in spiritually and finding actual other people who also thought the way that I did. And I'm wondering, was it difficult for you to come to that realization? Or was it like, have you always been that person that's, no, my these are my values. I'm going to find a way to figure out what this looks like. <laughs> yeah, I think Part of it is like the stage I am in my life because Mm. I feel like when I was younger, I was still trying to figure out what it meant to be me, you know, and Mm. and what it meant to be in alignment with myself, whether that meant someone was going to be happy with me or not. I think there's a lot of things I had to let go of to get to a place where that was just a non-negotiable anymore and to really feel like really have the space and time to feel what it is like to be in alignment with myself to honor my boundaries to really not betray myself you know and I think in the when I was younger I felt like I almost had to that wasn't like I didn't have a choice you know and I spent years trying to figure out what it even feels like to be in alignment with myself. And once I knew what that was like, I was like, I'm not giving it up again. You know, I'm not something that I'm willing to, it's not, like I said, it's not negotiable. It's not for sale. I'm not gonna, it's not, I'm not gonna trade it in. You know what I mean? The choices that I make are always like, what is it that feels in alignment with me? I think, and I, I think this also like goes back to even like my upbringing, because I feel like, I don't know if you had a similar experience having parents from El Salvador, they fled, my parents fled the war yeah. and were survivor mode, you know, like mm-hmm. it was like emergency survivor mode. You just left the country that you knew your whole life. And mm-hmm. now you have to live here in this new system, new language, new everything. And, and then they had kids and now you have to take care of your kids. And so it was always almost like an urgency and like scarcity and hurry up because there's no other choice. Like we have to just almost live under this urgency. But I don't think that for maybe even decades, they had the, the opportunity to sit back and feel like it's not urgent and there's no more urgency. There's no more need to be in this kind of heightened state. And even though I didn't experience the war, that's the chemicals in my body that became normal to me. Yeah. And so when I was growing up and becoming an adult, I almost chased that same what situation, those same scenarios to flood my system. 
in the same way, like this sort of need of like this always urgency, always going, always there's never enough kind of thing. And um, I feel like it took a long while for me to realize there's nothing that I need to, you know, be worried about right now. There's nothing that I have to run for to or there's nothing that's running out like that scarcity and urgency like my parents absolutely had a situation that was required of that and now it's over and now I get to have abundance and I get to operate from this place of abundance so that kind of really shifting that mindset or shifting even like that embodied experience from scarcity to abundance really helps me see that nothing's ever my only choice. I used to have a, one of my admins when I was a teacher used to say that she's like, nothing's ever your choice. <laughs> yeah. And like when she said, that, I was like, wow, that was not even a concept in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> but you have options always, even when it seems like there's only one thing, one option. There's always more. There's always more than one. I think that also having left teaching and gone to pursue this, I already had that mindset in place. So in my mind, it was already like, that's not my only choice. So I don't even feel in conflict with it because I know that I there's other ways. Even if I don't even know what they are yet, I know that they're out there where I'm going to find them. So it doesn't really feel like, I don't feel like the urgency of I have to compromise my values or myself or just overall, you know, existence to do anything. Like I, I get to just be. And if this also reminds me of this book I started reading that talks about like your life force. The book was about like finance and things like that. And the lady started off the book with, how do you want to use your life force? This is about your life force, your life energy, and you could decide how to use it. And at that time, too, I was reading this other book about The Big Leap, I think it's called, The Big Leap. And it talks about your zone of genius. You know, is it that kind of gets you into flow? And just coupling that, like, what is it that really lights you up, gives you, energizes you? And how can you do more of that? Like, how can you choose? I'm going to use my life energy to do this because it brings me energy. It helps me support others, helps me be present and everything else. Is maybe if I want to do it, I'll do it. If I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how I think of it. Because I, I think I don't, I don't think of it as there's limitations. Like I think that there's always going to be multiple ways to be able to do. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that's one of the biggest challenges when you decide to start a business in general. Like I, I think when you come from... Like, I, and especially education, right? And I think education and social work are both service professions, right? Like you're giving back to people and right. they're not, you don't think of that and then business together. It's mm -hmm. hard to think of those two industries coming together. And you're essentially redefining what entrepreneurship can look like for you with your background and then with being in education and being knowing that it doesn't have to look this specific way just because that's how it normally looks or mm -hmm. that's how you've seen it play out in your life how you mentioned with your parents like you you saw their life play out in their it, you adopted that, but then there was a point in time when you realize it doesn't like the way that you proceed doesn't have to be the same way that they proceeded. And it's a whole lot 
of redefining for yourself your own unique experience about what it looks like to just simply do what you want to do. And in this case, you're starting your own business and you're providing the information in the way that you want to provide it. And I think there's a lot, especially in in business, there's this whole tactic, right, around urgency, like it, it, even around marketing, right? And like selling it by now before time ends there's just so much unnecessary urgency stress. or stress and like ways around how to even sell and they place urgency on a lot of these types of tactics and I realized like that's that didn't feel good to me because it's not yes. in alignment with like you said it's not in alignment with who we are and our values and how we want to provide and serve our communities and and so I like that you came to that realization like it doesn't need to look this way it can just be you can just make it however and you have all these books right and I think that's one of the also points that I want to point out is like you started reading books by other women of color right and other people who are doing things differently and maybe you can share like a list of books Maybe after this, you can send me any sort of list of books that you've read. I don't know if you've ever heard of Rachel Rogers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I have that book and I liked it because it was like one of the only other authors that was from a Black woman author that was around business and finance. Yeah. And But now there's so much more. There's a lot of people who are Latinas or women of color, BIPOC authors who are writing their own stories and their own journeys. And I think that plays to the importance of how important it is to find that community because it's not easy to find, I think. Yeah, definitely not. It's not front and center. Even if you go to the bookstore, that's not what you're going to see. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So it's not, I mean, like I said, I, I just found this community where there's all these people. And then just to even work together, because I think when you're starting a business, especially as, I mean, I'm a solopreneur. I don't plan on doing it all on my own forever. But in your journey, are you also still a solopreneur or do you have a team that you rely on? Like, how do you, what does your team look like? If it, or if it's just you, what does that look like? Yeah, it's just me right now. I think mostly what I've been focusing on is figuring out like what model fits best for me. I think also kind of coming from teaching and burning out. Someone told me this when in one of the communities that I was a part of, don't be your own worst boss. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've been trying to move slow and really just figure out like what feels good to me, like what energizes me, what... um what model is going to be best for me and make, do I need to create a new model? That's what I've been doing mostly is just moving slow and trying different things out here and there and having like my, I still have a full-time job. So having that helps me just be able to experiment a little bit and not have to fully rely or figure out right away what it is that I want to do. So that's what I've been doing. I have joined a lot of groups that are mostly women. I joined Rachel Rogers' group. She has, okay. yeah, so I was part of that, which is mostly virtual. I also joined like the We All Grow and like a lot of kind of little circles that have to do with like business and we'll do meetups and things like that in the Bay Area, which has been nice to just hear what people are doing and how they're doing it. I've also joined this other community that is the mix of folks who 
are just interested in changing the shape of business. That was called changing the business. Oh, wow. Okay. So there are people out there. <laughs> yeah. That's been like my main mode is just like building community and networking and just kind of learning like what folks are doing and how they're doing it and trying to support people's events and especially if it's something that resonates with me and yeah just going from there because I'm also just on my own figuring it out and once I I do figure it out it'd be nice to have a team or just some something to expand or work on yeah yeah, that that's how I think it, it starts. And the fact that you still have your full time job, it definitely helps to, like you said, explore experiment, especially right now, because you can have some things and use them or some other things you can let them go because you can try them out and you realize they don't really work out, <laughs> well, you know, and maybe a phrase or two, what does it look like for you to embrace your entrepreneur identity? In a phrase or two? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let me see. What does it look like? I would say it would look like just living authentically and using my life energy to fill myself up and those around me. That's it, yeah. Where can we find you? I know you gave me a couple of your IG links and your website. So I will definitely post them on the show notes. But if you'd like to tell us here, just so that people know, and what can you help people with? What sort of services or products can you help people out with? Yeah, so can mostly find me on IG at B to be seen. And you'll probably add it on my notes. <laughs> and that's where I mostly like posting things. I am starting a podcast too. So I have my episodes ready to go where I just need to set them up and start releasing them. But it's all about emotional wellness. It's all about building a practice of emotional wellness. That's mostly where you can find what I'm offering and things like that further down the line, I'm going to be expanding that and moving into more of the science of emotional wellness and also just what that looks like in that space. But yeah, those are kind of like the main things that I'm working on right now. Okay, gotcha. So borntobeseen.co, that's your website? Yes. yes. Okay. Also, the podcast is going to be called Born to Be Seen, the podcast. <laughs> I know. I, I would say definitely don't spend too much time on thinking yeah. of a name at least I, you can always change it later which yeah i've learned but i just want to thank you for being my first guest for sharing your story for sharing your journey and just how you really embraced that identity for yourself yeah yeah and no, i definitely love that yeah thank you for making the space all right, y'all. There are a few takeaways that I took away from this episode. Number one is community. Community is important to find other people who are trying to also redefine entrepreneurship in order to feel aligned. But what's important here is to learn from those who are also doing the same thing and to learn from them and know that there are different ways to do entrepreneurship that aligns with your values. Number two, and I love this quote, and I admit that the audio was a little bit funky here, 
when she said this, but she said, nothing's ever your only option. No matter what you do, there are options. Even if you don't know what they are yet, you can figure them out. So I really love that because it brings us into a mindset of abundance. It brings us into a mindset of growth where you know that you can learn, that you can figure things out and you don't always have to do something just because you find one way to do it and if it doesn't align with you that that's the end no you can find a different way to do it and you just have to figure that out whether that's in community talking to other people and learning how others are doing it and number three i believe that you have to do this work this inner work in order to come to a place where you are firm in your values. So you may not realize that you're operating from a place of scarcity and do the work needed to know that there's time. There's time to figure things out. You don't have to rush. There's no urgency and you can figure things out. All right, y'all. Again, thank you so, so much for sticking with us. And I'm curious, what did you take away from this episode? Everybody may have different takeaways. I'd love to know yours. So come on over to Be A Boss Coaching on Instagram and comment on any of the posts for this episode. And let me know what your biggest takeaways were. All right. Remember to stay connected with me over at BeABossCoaching.com. Please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye.